Hello, and welcome to the Watershed Moments podcast, where I and other therapists discuss real life, everyday mental health issues to give you real and practical help to live a healthier life for yourself and with others. Now, if you want more content like this, be sure to visit our website at watershedinitiative.com to dig into the library of podcasts, articles, and courses that we've made just for you. And of course, if you need face-to-face help, definitely reach out to our partner affiliate, Lifeology of Richardson and Frisco at 214-556-0996 to get connected with a therapist or life coach. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Watershed Moments podcast. My name is Lee Tran. I'm your host, and I've got my co-hosts and friends back with me right now. I've got Jenny Wong, LPC supervisor. Hi, everyone. And I've got Julia Prevalon, LPC. Hey. Um, and we are uh, doing a, a couple of podcast episodes that are a little bit um, kind of one-off specials, uh, talking specifically um, in this series on, on coronavirus. But in these these couple of episodes that we're doing, we're talking about it from the uh, perspective of um, trauma and grief, and specifically to segments of the population right now that are either on front lines as healthcare professionals or who have suffered um, death and loss because of coronavirus. Um, or they're, they're, they're near, near that, uh, that, that, that type of loss, either with a loved one in the hospital or at high risk. Um, and so, yeah, this podcast is for those of you who are in the thick of it and, um, there's real, real loss already or a real risk of loss that, that, that's going on because of COVID-19. And so the context I'm thinking of here are going to be people who, um, the stories I'm thinking of are, are people who have lost loved ones in the hospital in COVID-19, either in what some of the, the, the yeah. current hotspots in America, and they can't be with their loved ones. There's, there's, uh, I mean, in just my mind, I think about that, this, uh, this feels like such a, a heavily weighted um, story, a situation where someone you love is, is passing or is in danger and you can't be with them. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I just like to talk to you guys and hear your input and um, maybe some of the ways that you might experience or see it. Mm-hmm. And talking to this 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 uh, segment of the population. So, um, you guys have any initial thoughts that um, that you would uh, be able to share, just to kind of add the, the the kind of depth and context, so people can connect with this a little bit better. Um, I don't personally have any stories, but I will just I just wanted to start out saying that this will probably be a pretty raw podcast. Um, yeah. I think the first emotion that I think of is anger mm. um, <laughs> right now, and. Uh, yeah. So I'll I'll just start with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 and, and yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I'd love. I, I, yeah, I think in, in in a little bit, I I think it would be good to kind of unpack that because that I'm sure a lot of people are going to connect with that. I think it would be mm-hmm. helpful to kind of talk out why, right? But let's let's why see anger? there for a little bit. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, let so, me process that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So just let, <laughs> yeah, let, yeah. let that sit there. But, but, the, we'll but you guys back. can talk first and then I will process it. I'm telling yeah. you guys, it's a raw, it's a raw one. It's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say anger. For me, I, uh-huh. I feel numb. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a sense of helplessness and hopelessness in it. Um, my... I'm from the East Coast, so I have lots of family in New Jersey and in the New York area. Um, the church that I attended in New, New Jersey has lots of um, elderly um, people. And, you know, um, we're hearing in the news that 
you know, the minority population, Black and Hispanics, you know, um, are the hardest hit because of underlying health um, complications um, as well. So, so it's, it's, I, I just feel numb. And I think the Mm -hmm. numb has a lot to do with the fear of who, the, the magnitude, the number of people that can, that I love that can be impacted Mm -hmm. and the number of people that can be impacted, whether I love them or not in the East. Right. Um, I have my uncle, um, you know, my dad's youngest brother, um, who just died last week of, mm. of COVID-19 and he died alone. His, mm. the family wasn't able to go and visit. He was, um, he had a cough and my sister dropped off some soup and on Monday he went into the hospital and by mid, um, week, the next week he had died and the family could not go to the hospital. Mm. They could not visit. And, um, um, the nurses were the ones that were giving information back and forth to my cousin um, mm-hmm. about his case. Um, my best friend's twin cousin um, died of COVID-19. She was in her 40s and left behind three children, one that's about to enter college. Um, again, same thing. They were not able to be in the hospital to be with her. Right. Um, you know, she died alone. Um, and, um, we have another, uh, friend in the church, um, that we grew up in who, again, um, had the, the virus and his wife had it. So he died alone in the hospital and the wife was not able to even, um, receive company or anything like that because she had the virus. So he died alone and she's alone in the house. Um, and several other people. And I and the stories. Every time I would go on Facebook, there were stories after stories. And mm-hmm. and I know there are um, different uh, groups and populations, or even in states, even um, cities that are not really hard hit. And so um, I also see that group of people saying, you know, COVID nineteen isn't real. You know, it's a hoax because they're not being impacted, right? Um, while I'm sitting here with the number, the layers of pain and suffering and grief and aloneness and hopelessness. And I'm like, this is just too much. And mm-hmm. so a part of me just um, have to dull out, numb out um, right. a little right. bit to survive, to kind of, um, you know, not fully fall apart, you know, mm-hmm. not fall apart and to be present for my family members to be present for my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd never heard of a thing of a virtual funeral. Mm-hmm. They had to do a virtual funeral where, um, you know, they they can honor. So there, there are so many layers to this, you know, right. so many right. layers. Um, the lack of closure, you know, I mean, there's so many layers to this thing with people who are losing loved ones. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm glad that we're having this discussion to right. um, kind of help us kind of process right. what's happening, name what's happening even, right. yeah. um, find space for those of us who um, feel alone in it, that mm-hmm. you know no one's listening or that 
um, yeah, the aloneness, I think, is the, the, the big part of it. A, right. your family's dying alone. B, you're alone, you know, you can't visit. Um, C, you're alone again because you can't do a funeral. Right. You know, you can't right. do a proper funeral. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like the isolation is just compounding everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and the loss, and you're not even you don't even have space to grieve the loss because there's so much so many other layers to mm -hmm. the loss that the depth of the loss you can't even grieve properly because you're like you're you're stuck at this one layer of it you know right, right. so it's it's heavy it's right. heavy out here it's heavy mm -hmm. in different communities so so numbness and hopelessness and helplessness you know i vacillate through through those um, emotions at different times. Right. It's like it's yeah. uncharted waters on how to grieve like this. Yeah. How to, how to process. And maybe that's what makes me angry is that it's like we can't be around each other while we're trying to figure this out. Yeah. I mean, and, and just from my own story, my own trauma story, I think being alone, it does cause me anger. <laughs> so mm -hmm. like that loneliness causes me anger. And I'm like laughing about it, but you know, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, what you're, what you're, what you're describing to us, it's like this whole uncharted, like, how do we do this? Yeah. yeah. And I know we're trying to figure it out right now, you know, but like, how do we do this? It, yeah. It, it feels like it's a, it's its own unique mm -hmm. type of trauma or, 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 or loss. Yeah. Because I envision like, mm -hmm. like in just a story that you shared, like, I think the suddenness of death is one thing. The fact that yeah. you know, one, one day life is here, the next day it's not right. That right. in and of itself is traumatic. And that's, that's yeah. kind of like you're, you're like, not, not, not to kind of lessen it, that's like kind of like your run of the mill loss. Right. Mm -hmm. But this mm -hmm. is not even that it's, be, it's like, like not even being able to see that loved one before. Right. Or mm -hmm. after, mm -hmm. and there, the, the yeah, we we talked about this before in other podcasts before about how there are certain kinds of of communal grieving and and, yeah. and rituals that we do mm -hmm. to help with loss and knowing that loss is part of life. We kind of get that, and, and but there there are some things that we do that would would normally help um, give us salve for that wound. We yeah. are not able to do right. That, that's not that's not available to us, and so. I like the the way you put that. There's a sense of lack of closure. I, I don't even know if it's closure. It's like a sense of not even knowing how to start the process. Like, right. like right. I haven't even wrapped my head around the fact that, okay, like, like I just saw him last week, right? Or I just right. saw him and now he's gone, right? Or right. whatever it might be. And so I, I feel like that's got to be going on for a lot of people in this situation, how fast it's happening. Like right. it, it, it can move that quickly. It can, it can strike anywhere. And and so, yeah, I think that's part of part of, you know, what we're all trying to work through right now. And maybe that, yeah, to your point, Jenny, the anger is like, I have no control over that. And there's yeah. no, um, there's no way to, um, to really know how to, where, where to start to pick up the pieces even, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me, yeah. that that's part of it. But I think another part of it is that it feels so unjust. Mm, yeah. Like there's an, there's an injustice component there for me. Um, when it comes to what we're experiencing yeah. with this virus and then also who is more severely impacted, right? Uh, one, one demographic will be the healthcare workers. They're on the front lines. Um, yeah. All around the world, we have seen that, where they are, um, they are more impacted 
by the virus and um, the, yeah. the more severe effects of it. Another component is the poor. Another co- another demographic yeah. is, are the minority are minorities, blacks and Hispanics. Another right. um, demographic is those in prison or yeah. those um, who are you know in, in any sort of close you know uh, where they can't they can't get out of the close quarters. Um, so I think that's another component for me. But I know I don't know if necessarily the podcast wants to go that way. But well, yeah. I, I think I, I think what you just mentioned maybe is part of the broader scheme of how we process loss. Because I know that for yeah. myself, a lot of when we when we experience just deep loss, um, like debilitating, crushing loss, mm-hmm. a natural human response is going to be trying to make sense of it, mm-hmm. like yeah. trying trying to reconcile like. Like, why does this happen? Why did it have to happen? And if you follow that that line of thinking, it, it's going to go to like where you, Jenny, you just said, like, could it have been avoided? Mm, could right. this loss have been different? Yeah. Did this have to go this way? And then you start moving into the areas of like, okay, well, why 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 did it go down the way that it did? Right. Who's, who's right. responsible? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all natural parts of loss. And I think just being able to, like as yeah. you said, Julia, put put words behind that. Be able to right, give it right. a name and say, hey, that's part of what we're all dealing with. In, in maybe different ways. And, and, and again, I love the way you put that, Jenny, that these are all things that each of us will individually go through. But the healing process happens when we can actually do it in connection with other people and say, hey, like, I need to talk this out. And right now we're having a hard time doing that, right? right. So it's almost well, as though- Well, I'm willing to talk it out. You know, for her, you whoever's right. listening, I'm, right. I will talk it out with you. I, am, I will be raw and like, hopefully right. some right. of you out there are feeling the same things, you know, because yeah. That yeah. we're not alone in this, like what the heck is going on right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think the other component for me is, um, so your loved one dies um, alone and you can't see see them and you can't give them a proper burial as you would like to. You can't really um, find the, the closure. And we're still in the middle of this thing, right. you know? Right. Um, We're still in the middle of social distancing, still in the middle of, you know, trying to survive a pandemic. Um, You know, so we're it's like layers, you know, the layers are so many. And I wonder, you know, for the listeners that are listening, if they've even had the margin to even think about the layers, you know, I think we're so much in survival mode where we're just trying to get through this and then we'll deal with whatever the debris is, you know, whatever the impact is, whatever, that we're not even thinking of of the different layers. You know, mm-hmm. Jenny, you were talking about just the social justice component to it. Not everybody can social distance. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some right. communities where there are people that cannot social distance. That we're dependent on. Exactly. Those of us that more are, you know, that are are capable of social distancing we're dependent on on them yeah so there's so many layers of just um pain of just um of grief and loss and um and sometimes you know you just don't know where to begin Mm -hmm. you know you know what do i grieve first what do i lament first you know um you know, lately I've just been sensing this dullness, this um, 
numbness of lament that's happening. You know, um, a friend and I were talking and I'm like, lately, I can't even think biblically or theologically. All I have is lament. And she was like, but that is biblical, you know? <laughs> Lament is biblical. So I feel like that's that's where, that's the space I am. I'm surviving, but I feel like at my soul level, there's this like lull lament that's taking place, you know, mm-hmm. that my soul is lamenting, is grieving. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess for those of us that are Christians, that there's space for it. There is a genre for what we there's are a, There's a whole book lament. in the Bible on it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, the, I we've talked about this before in past podcasts yeah. um, when it comes to grief and loss, but I, I think the way you put that, the layers, Jula, I, yeah. this one has its own set of layers that I think are yeah. very unique. Like I don't, uh, it, it feels unlike any other, like uh, in, in, in our, in at least in our generation. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I envision in my mind, this is the way I've, I've, I've kind of articulated it and even experienced grief that like in the midst of loss, it's as though like everything in your life just feels like it's been wrecked. And yeah. you look and you survey the land of what your life was and it's just like piles of debris. And and, the, and it, you just kind of know that they're like yeah. these like these piles that, that, yeah. that you know, there's one here and that, that used to be that here. And you're just moving around from pile to pile and just knowing that that's lost, that's lost. But they're, they're each dis- distinct. They're, yeah. It all feels like wreckage, but they're all mm-hmm. distinctly di- like different piles, right? Yeah. And, and, and that almost even adds to like almost the, uh, the dismay and the, uh, the sense of uh, hopelessness. Like I don't even know where to start. Like, yeah. like I remember my wife um, after we went through loss mm-hmm. was saying like, I feel like our entire lives have just been shattered and I'm looking yeah. around at all the pieces on the floor yeah. and I don't know where to start. I don't even know. I can't find two pieces to even put back yeah. together again. I don't know yeah. what to do. Right. And yeah. I imagine that, 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 as you just said, Julia, for a lot of people who are going through this right now, like in survival mode, they, I mean, they don't even have time to even be thinking about like what, what's been wrecked. Right. It's just right. Like, right. Be, like we have to figure out right. even still, how do we how do we live in, in quarantine? How do we live in, in shelter in place, right? Right. Um, right. those are all just right mixed up in there, right? Yeah. In the in I think it was the second episode we talked about complex grief. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I I would say this this would fall under that category, mm-hmm. you know, where it's so multi layered um and it it's complex, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um so we gave some basic definition of it, but this is a tangible um, example of complex grief because the yeah. layers are so many and you just don't know where to begin. What do yeah. I do first? Yeah. Yeah. I think another, um, another way to look at this too, I mean, we've been talking about it from the angle of speaking to people who have suffered um, loss of loved ones and yeah. who... Um, yeah, all that goes with it. There's another segment, a, a part of the population here that we're, we're targeting um, this podcast for, and it's those who maybe haven't lost yet. Maybe they have someone that's in the hospital and they're at mm-hmm. risk, um, mm-hmm. and they don't have access to them, so they don't they don't they don't have the ability to go and visit them. Yeah. Um, and you also have maybe people who have loved ones who maybe aren't infected, but who are in that population, as you yeah. said, Jenny that mm-hmm. are at high risk, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, my, my mother, uh, for example, 
um, more advanced issues. She's she's diabetic, and I know that's one of the, the segments of the population that puts her at higher mm -hmm. risk, right? And yeah. so mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that's the reality for a lot of people that people's anxieties are around the fact that I have someone that that's in the hospital who I don't I don't know and I don't know what what's going to happen, and um, I have loved ones who really I there, there's a reality I could lose them, right? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about it from that angle too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's definitely a hard one because I know my mom falls in that category as well, um, and she lives in New Jersey, and mm. you know she often takes public transportation to um, you know to go to different places. Um, and at first, she could not understand the whole social distancing thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, she was upset by this whole social distancing thing. And we were scared. We were scared to death because we're like, she has, um, you know, that complex immune system that she, if anything, if she, anyone who has the virus gets near her, she will be infected and she will not survive. So there's that fear um, that con and and the way I reacted when she would not adhere to um, social distancing, mm -hmm. I, it surprised me. You know that there was so much fear and mm -hmm. anger there. Mm -hmm. um, it really surprised me, but I think it has something to do with what we're talking about. You know, just the the loss, the grief, the um, the uncertainties. Right. You know, there's so many things we don't know about this virus. You yeah. know. Um, and there, there's, there's so many fears. And so, um, when, and so she fits in that category. So when she, we were dealing with that with her, I mean, now she's the biggest advocate and the one telling everybody stay home, stay home. But mm -hmm. when we first received the order to shelter in place, she could not understand that she was that population that we're worried about and we need you to stay home and shelter in place. Yeah. Right. So, so and she was are, able to hear that from you. She mm -hmm. was able to hear that from you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Uh -huh. yeah. Because again, we're talking about the population that these are people who are transient, they are mobile and they, um, they need to go out. They need to be outside to do different things. And mm -hmm. so the, the, their um, care, just for, our worries for them just heightened because we know how much more fragile they are. So there's, right. that, there's that component of it too. You know? Right. That lack of control, right? Like, yeah. Because we love them. Like, but at the same time, we don't have control over them. Like we can yeah. only persuade them. Um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like, how do we deal with that, with that fear and anxiety of yeah. that lack of control? I know, I mean, I know how I have, um, one of the things that I try to work with, with my clients is, um, I think we talked about this in one of our podcasts, but to, um, to be able to put in place things that we can control, right? Um, mm -hmm. And one of those is what you did. Like we can't control what we say to those that we love, um, right. you know, to try to persuade right. them. Unfortunately, we can't control how they respond to it. Um, right. And to work right. through, work through those difficult anxiety feelings. Um, yeah. But it is like, it is hard. Like how do yeah. we, it's, it's a totally unprecedented because now it's like, you know, it's life or death. It's not yeah. a matter of like, you know, I don't, yeah. 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 
I think one of the things I observe, it, it, it kind of reveals either A, like the differences that we have in, in terms of risk and, mm -hmm. and what's dangerous or what's not, and, and maybe even like what's socially appropriate and, and, and uh, safe for others around. Because mm -hmm. I literally, this, this is the situation that's happening for me. My, my mom, again, as I mentioned before, she's diabetic, and so she's at, mm -hmm. she's at higher risk. But she is like going to the grocery store. Yeah. And she's like, I think I just heard the other day when my aunt was saying like she's going to the grocery store because no one's there. And she's like, oh, I have, I have the entire yeah. place to myself. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, right. and I'm like, mom, no, that, that's, not, mm -hmm. that's um, not how it works. Right. Exactly. And so to your point, like there's a certain sense of powerlessness. Um, but I yeah. just, I know I, I've, I've talked to a number of, um, uh, people in the elderly population as well. Some of them were like, you know what, I'm I'm this old. If it's going to be this thing that's going to get me, then that yeah. that's what it is. There's just it feels like there's this undercurrent of like a different a disparity in terms of like you know yeah. what the level of risk really is here, right? Yeah. And I think that's yeah. its own thing to kind of process. I'm, I want to I want to respect that. At the same time, there's there's a there's more implications behind it too. But, yeah. Um, I think there's there's a few layers in there too. Uh, have to kind of be understood too. Um, but. Yeah, I think the yeah. overall sense of is is a sense of like, um, yeah, powerlessness behind mm -hmm. like having to go through mm -hmm. and watch those that you love suffer, uh -huh. yeah, and you, that knowing yeah. that they don't have to suffer, but yeah. for whatever reason, or whether it's their own choices or the circumstances that they're 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 having to, to potentially suffer, and you can't do anything to stop that. That's really uh, yeah. that's a tough situation to be in, right? Right, right. That's so frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Um. In fact, I think uh, we, we have one of our colleagues in our practice who was, I was just talking to uh, the other day about that. And, and yeah, like I was firsthand talking to him about like he has a family member who's in New York and, he, you know, um, he's in the hospital. And mm. it's like this uh, kind of powerlessness of, of like, you know, we can't go and, and make sure he's OK. And, right. you know, talking with the rest of the family about like how how they come around and knowing that they can't really they really can't do anything. They can't get on a plane. They can't do. Right. There's so much that that there's this nervous energy of wanting to do something, but they they right. simply cannot because of the circumstances that we're in. Right. right. Yeah. Not not being able to comfort. Yeah. Feel, um, yeah. To comfort them or just even like presence, right? I mean, that yeah. is is really difficult because we, in our last podcast we talked about how important connection is. Yeah. And, you know, this. I don't know if you guys saw. There was an article about how Zoom calls. How some people were saying that Zoom calls are more exhausting for them than actually meeting with their client one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Trying yeah. to figure that out. And, and part of what they said was because there's this disconnect in your brain. You feel like you, sh you should be close, but you're actually, but you also recognize that you're distant, that you're far away. Yeah. And yeah. so this disconnect in your brain causes this tiredness, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of us probably are feeling exhausted. <laughs> these oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that, that inability to connect and be present with, our loved ones who are who are in the hospital or suffering or or even yeah. afraid or even afraid you know unable to go out yeah i think putting a, a kind of a maybe a capstone on this discussion this, mm. this for this particular podcast we, we started by talking about people who have had to suffer a loss yeah. um yeah. their loved ones and and we and we've also added in there people who are very much afraid of losing their loved ones yeah, I think one of the common themes that we're, we're we're taking from this conversation is that one, there's a lot of layers and complexity behind it. So a lot of different reasons to feel mm -hmm. different things. Yeah, and then maybe behind that, how important it is to be able to give yourself a lot of space and a lot of yeah. room to um, 
to observe each each individual strand, if you will, of, of mm -hmm. this. Um, and to know that if it feels like a big jumbled mess, that's okay because there's a whole lot going on, right? Yeah. Um, and so we can just maybe use that term, the complexity of it. There's layers yeah. and complex grief and fear yeah. of loss involved in this one. But then maybe the other component that we've kind of touched in on this one, uh, you mentioned before, Jenny, is connection through it all, right? And, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a, a di particularly difficult right now because of the situation that we're in. Yeah. But how important that connection is going to be for us to be able to grieve well and to yeah um, to mourn well. Um, yeah. And uh, and so if that's something that that maybe strikes a chord with you, you're listening. Um, definitely go back and yeah. check out some of the podcasts that we had before because we I think we actually touched in on how important communal grief is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. how and, and if if one thing actually with the irony we we talked about that in that podcast I want to say about maybe two weeks before mm -hmm. coronavirus hit right. Yeah. Um, yes. Because we're all we're all in a, a roundtable. We're all together talking about it then, and we we're talking about communal grief and how important that was. And one of the things that we were yeah. talking about was how um, it it feels like in our culture in America that w we just don't know how to do that well. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And and now we're in a situation. You know, that was just a month ago, and now we're in a yeah. situation where we are having to learn how to to grieve communally. Like we're right. all going through a kind of pain together. And maybe it might be one of the things that if, if you're listening to this, it might be that we, we just are, we were never really attuned yeah. as a culture to know how to do that well. Yeah. But we're having to do it now and we're having to go through that. And, and, and this is a season where um, we're having to learn how to connect with other people in, in the yeah. place of pain and realizing that, you know what, like we are not alone in that. We just need to be able to know how to connect uh, with other people as we're, we're working through those different strands of those different layers, right? Right. Um, right. So yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it's also important to just allow yourself to lament. You know, perhaps you you're not able to grieve in the way that you want um, currently, um, but there is still your. It's almost like you 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 have no choice, you know, because your soul is grieving, you know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, you know, things have changed for you. And so, um, so there, there has to be, like, your soul is desperately asking you to just lament, like, grieve this, just let it suck, let it, just, just name it, just say, this sucks, this is hard, this is terrible um you know cry out to god you know mm -hmm. lament um you know in whichever way you want because in that same space you're needing to survive as well because we need to survive this whole pandemic thing right so it's it's doing all of these things at the same time you know um yeah you can't grieve in the way that you want currently in the way that you need to or maybe you are i don't know you know because grief is so tricky and it's so different for every every person so mm -hmm. maybe you are able to fall into the um the season of grief in the very specific unique way you need to maybe you're not but there's no option about whether you do it or not because the soul things have changed for you and you just you just have to do it you have to surrender to it um, while at the same time surviving. So you're doing a couple of things um, at the same time. Um, 
but there's no substitute for connection. And, you know, Jenny and Lee um, and all of us have been saying that there's no substitute for connecting while you're going through this grieving, lamenting process. Um, you just need others, you know, whether it be, yeah. I know my best friend, um, her family, what they've done is that um, they've held nightly um, prayer calls together mm -hmm. as a mm -hmm. family. Yeah. Um, and so they're on Zoom conferences frequently, mm -hmm. um, you know, just checking in with one another. They yeah. held, um, you know, uh, uh, um, a conference call to do a vigil um, for their loved one that passed. They, um, you know, they did the virtual funeral because you're just making do with what you have in this season. You know, you're on survival mode. So the same thing is happening for the um, for those that you have lost and, grie and grieving as well. Mm -hmm. So connecting, I, I think, as your family, especially if you have a close-knit family, um, they've even asked me to be a part of the some of the calls, some of the prayer calls, because they wanted friends involved as well. So yeah. it's really, um, although we are in this difficult, unprecedented time right now in our, um, in our world, really, we can still create space to grieve, to lament, to connect and survive this. But you can't do it alone. You have to do it as a community. Um, even if you can't plan the things yourself, call someone, you know, um, um, to plan a Zoom call, invite different people. Um, and, and just so you can connect and grieve together and share memories and, and connect with one another. So it's important for you to pay attention to what you're needing in this season as you're grieving these complex losses, you know, these things that you're, these people that you're losing and this complex grief that you've entered. So um, don't do it alone, you know, not if you don't have to. There are people out there that would love to just be present and, mm. um, and, and with you in this season of grief. So don't do it alone. Connect, yeah. connect, connect. Yeah. Thank you, Jilla, for sharing Thanks that. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. 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 Um, I would add also one final thing is that the person that you lost was significant. Um, and I think one thing that you know, we don't, as a society, I don't think we grieve well. I don't, and I don't think we say goodbye yeah. very well either. Um, and to take that time yeah. to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, a, a very practical tool that I use with my clients is to list it out all the things that you remember about that yeah. person, yeah. about, um, about your relationship with that person, your memories, yeah. like you list it out and, and actually say it, like make, make it a ritual. I say goodbye yeah. to, to um, the smile that always brightened my day. You know, I mm -hmm. say goodbye to um, being able to talk to you whenever and, and know that you were there for me, you know, whatever it yeah. might be. Um, and then at the end to actually say goodbye to that person, you know, um, mm -hmm. yeah. that was so significant to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. That's good. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really hard exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's a really good one. Right. Mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Because that'll yeah. strike right at the heart of what you grieve and what you what you've lost, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, one final note on my end, as you were talking about that, Jula, I'm reminded of this um, this this um, imagery that my wife Dana um, talked about when when we were when we were going through loss. Um, 
and she said it in a way that, that, that has a lot of the similar undertones that you're talking about. She was saying, I feel like I'm, I've been put in the middle of a race that I did not sign up for. Mm-hmm. I did not want to be here, but right. I have to run it. I, yeah. I have to run it. Yeah. Um, and some days, like, I feel like I don't want to, I'm just going to sit. I'm not going to run. I'm just going to sit. Right. And some days I'm going to crawl and I'm going to be battered and I'm going to be bloodied and I'm going to be bruised. Yeah. And, and, and so w- what you said was, um, you have no choice. This is a, this is not a decision any longer. It's something yeah. that you're, you're, you're stuck in. Right. Yeah. And that sometimes it's not going to look the same. It's going to look different right. for different people. Right. And particularly sometimes it just might look very ugly. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember Dana saying like, I feel like I'm, I'm running this in such an ugly way. And, mm. and that's my, that might be the way it has to be. Oh, um, yeah. But I think to your, to the last point in that, Jula, that there are people that can, can sit with you when you need to sit with you. Yeah. That can run ugly with you when you need to run ugly. Right. Um, or run it well, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But regardless that, that if you're, if you're, if you're in this, you're in the race, you're doing it. Um, don't do it alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if you can't, uh, the one thing I had to do during my season of grief is to list out the names of people because my brain in the moment of need, I could not think of one person to, to call. I know I had many, but because I had that grief brain, I, I, I just mm. couldn't. Yeah. So I made a list of all the names of people mm. that I know I can call mm. and in moment of need that that list would be readily available for me. And I can call these people because I know right. these people have told me, call right. me, let right. me know if you need anything. And so, um, and I knew they meant it. So I made that, that list and that list really helped me um, yeah. in just having go-to people and I didn't have to think about it too, too much. Right. Know? That's great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, yeah. Again, a uh, really good discussion. Always enjoy having um, you guys on the podcast to talk yeah. through these things. Um, these are very real and very hard and very raw things. Um, and I knew when we came across this particular topic, we would have to talk about this in a way yeah. um, that that would be tender and compassionate and validating. Yeah. And um, I just because I know you guys have um, so much professional and personal history in this area of work yeah. um, that I would want your voices to be able to speak into the lives of the people that we're, we're trying to reach. And so definitely if you're listening to this and, and um, this uh, strikes a chord, um, we want to support. We want to be a, of help, um, and so uh, definitely reach out to us, Watershed Initiative, to um, to get connected in some way. We've got a number of resources um, that we can we can provide. So we're we're just here to help. And so, yeah. um, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening, and we will see you guys in the next podcast. Hopefully, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening. Now, if you benefited from this podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, share with your friends, and make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us to keep making podcasts and more content like this possible for you. If you have any questions, want to get more content, or just want to stay connected with us, go to our website at watershedinitiative.com and follow us on social media. Lastly, if you want to get connected with a life coach or therapist, call us at our collaborative group practice, Lifeology in Richardson and Frisco, Texas at 214-556-0996.